0: Mountaineer Sports Insider Tanner Lambert, director here at U ninety two, along with Luke Blaine, the editor over at the Daily Athenaeum. Make sure you pick up your copy this week. Uh, today we have a special guest on the MSI podcast. One of the first times we've done this, new head coach of the women's basketball program here at West Virginia University, Mark Kellogg. Sir, how are you doing today,
1: guys? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me, and uh, excited to be here. And let's uh, let's have some fun. All right? Yeah, sounds good to
0: Absolutely. us. Uh, we're excited to have you here.
1: Uh, this is a student media podcast we
0: started last year and we're really trying to you know show the student side of things and give a different viewpoint and that sort of stuff so we do a couple of these a week and talk about everything west virginia and some of the sports that don't get covered as much and obviously united two women's basketball very very important to us Uh, we do all the home games and that sort of stuff so we're excited to have you, excited to get this season going.
1: You know, I'm ready to get back at the Coliseum. Yeah, no, I everybody's talking about football season starting, and that just means we're a little bit closer to basketball season when football season uh, gets going right around the corner. So, um, yeah, it's been a good summer for us, and the family got moved in. We've had most of our team here for the majority of the summer, and – We start school here awfully early, though. Is this a typical y'all? We start. Uh, we
0: usually start before everybody else. I would would say that. Um, and so I mean, yeah, this year is really early. I think next year they're pushing it back a week. Are they? But yeah, they. They. I mean, it's not bad. We get out early at winter break and early in the spring. I don't mind it. You do, but we don't. So (laughs) it's the basketball. I don't get any of those holidays, (laughs) so I don't
1: get Thanksgiving or fall breaks or Christmas break. So it doesn't help us any. So I need that summer vacation. But either way, we're all here and we're ready to roll.
0: Yeah, I'm sure for you this summer, you really didn't get any vacation. It was moving up here, getting the family ready to go, and then everything you had to do with the team, right?
1: Yeah, no, there was no, no Kellogg family vacation um, this summer. But I have two kids that are in high school, and they both play basketball. So it was all summer long, about every weekend. I think we moved into our house, and then it was seven straight weekends that we were gone. Oh wow! So it was okay. like literally like maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe a Thursday that we were here in Morgantown, and then either I was on the road recruiting or you know watching one of my kids play. But um, that's okay. That's it's what we signed up for. And other than that, we were with our current roster that was here, and we had a good summer.
0: Good, good to hear that. Uh, so when we get started here, we just want to get to know you a little bit and let people find out a little bit more about you. So what should we know about you coming here to Morgantown?
1: Oh, well, I don't know. If you're talking background type stuff, I, you know, that's you can kind of look that one up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is what my 19th year, I think, as a head collegiate women's basketball coach. I started out on the men's side, um, played college basketball, went and was a, G, a graduate assistant on the men's side for just a couple years. And then at a really early age, got an opportunity to go to Montana State in uh, Bozeman, Montana, um, to be a women's assistant coach. And so I probably was like 24 or something at the time and was in a Division One assistant. So I was like, why not? I had no idea where I was going, uh, but ended up meeting my wife up there. And then I became a Division Two head coach for 10 years and then eight years at Stephen F. Austin, where we had a ton of success and made some tournaments and honestly should have won a couple of those tournament games. Um, kind of lost to Georgia Tech in overtime one year and then got beat late by North Carolina in the fourth quarter, a different year. Um, And then, yeah, got the opportunity and got the call to come to West Virginia. And I'm kind of a Big 12 guy. So I've always followed the Big 12, grew up in Dallas, but parents were from Missouri. So just, you know, that kind of Midwest, this is the furthest east I've ever, I've ever lived, Um, but still very familiar with West Virginia, Um, you know, and the Big 12. Okay, cool. Uh, Yeah, just how are you
2: liking Morgantown
1: so far? So far, Yeah, great. Other than the traffic, I think mean, everybody, there was no lie that the traffic like picks up oh, when yeah. school gets here. And I caught the very tail end of it. So I don't think it was nearly as bad as, as what it's been once school started. So yeah, you do get two completely different feels that summer feel and then the feel with the energy when all the students come back. And so not a bad thing. Um, our athletic director has joked about the roads, mm, yep. you know, as always, if coaching doesn't work out, I'm opening up a brake shop. In Morgantown Because somebody could make some money on some breaks I have a feeling in this town
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with that I mean, it's killing us over here Spruce Street closed It's hard to get to the building for us Here at Student Media Um, So, with you coming in now uh, You're a new coach There was a new coach last year After Mike Carey, who's a legend of the program Right, Was here for a long, long time Had a lot of success So there was already kind of a culture here And then last year a little bit of a shift And now we have you here What is your plan to kind of help build that or corral that back in or however you want to phrase that?
1: Yeah, I think there's two ways to look at it. It's not necessarily great being the third coach in three years because you have kids on your roster that were recruited into three different systems, right? Mike played his way, Don played her way, and then obviously the the Coach Kellogg way, and we're all going to be a little bit different. I actually think I can kind of be a – A little bit of both would be the way we play, you know, and Mike did such a good job and got after it defensively and was really athletic, and I think you'll see some of that from us, and then Don was a little more motion offense and ball movement, you know, type, and so I think we'll play that way a little bit, so I think we'll be a little bit of a hybrid of both coaches, but you are right, there is a level of success in women's basketball, I mean, I think it's 16, I could be off maybe one or two, but... NCAA tournament appearances, right? And one Sweet 16, I think. But that's exciting for me, is I want to be the coach that gets back to a Sweet 16 or advances beyond a Sweet 16. And you want players that buy into that. And hey, let's really leave a legacy here. And it's a state that's so passionate about their university. And through the interview recruiting process, it was brought up several times about what's it going to be like leading, you know, a program like this. Right? No pro sports in the state. We're the only Power Five. And I think if I'm right, I think it's only Nebraska and Arkansas and West Virginia are the only three that have that. And those fan bases are pretty rabid, too. Like, those are big-time fan bases. So uh, it, it's here. I think fans are waiting for a winner. They'll support a winner um there's so much tradition just around the school pageantry the football games I was reading something the other day I think we have the best tailgate football oh, yeah. in the country you, you or something like that so oh, yeah. oh we'll be there yeah we'll be <laughs> we'll be having fun um you know and supporting those guys so I'm excited to see all of that and and, and get going
0: sweet um you have four or five starters returning this season from last year's right. squad and one of those being JJ Quinterly who we know is very very talented and, You know, you kind of hit on it there. You're the fourth coach now in four years if you count high school or senior year. So, for her, she's played in a lot of different systems, but she's decided to stick around here, which is exciting for us because we love covering her. But for you, that's got to be a lot. You know, it's one player, obviously, but somebody that you can probably count on, right?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, without question. When I got the job, there was six players returning, and we were able to keep all six. And so that was kind of win number one for us. And then, obviously, a part of that was J.J., you know, staying here and, and giving us a chance and buying in and yeah she's a she's a fantastic kid too like she is all about it no issues whatsoever super super talented. Um, her ability to change gears, change speed, stop on a dime is, you know, it's elite, elite as it gets. So, no, well, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't, we're not going to go necessarily all as JJ goes. Right, right. But, yeah, we need JJ to have a better year than she did a year ago. But, yeah, there's four of the five starters are back, Madison Smith being the one that, that graduated, exhausted eligibility. Um, and that's a good situation to come into. So it's not like the cupboard is bare, and it's not like... You know we're completely starting from scratch. So there was some intrigue to that as well, hoping we could keep the group that was coming back. Um, and they've done a great job buying into what we're doing. So we don't yeah, we don't really have any off the court issues. We have good kids, good character. Um, they're fun it's it's legitimately fun to walk down from my office to the practice facility to the court every day to get to work with them.
2: Yeah, so at your inaugural press conference, uh, I asked you actually, um, your approach to bringing in your own coaching system, to, because you had such a long time at Stephen F. Austin, you had plenty of time to establish your own system way of doing things and, you know, just play style overall. But now you're coming to a West Virginia roster that is kind of, well, it's totally new to you, you know. It, they, these aren't players that you've necessarily recruited uh, for your system. So, and you said you think that your system will adjust well to the uh, WVU players. How has that been going uh, with – Uh, the new players on your roster
1: yeah well it's I mean it's been progress you know it it wasn't going to start off smooth but I thought yesterday was our best practice now we don't get to practice very long you get four hours a week right now but yesterday was our best workout that we've had since I've been here and we're getting them pretty good this week because they started their full out conditioning and they're in full weights now and we're practicing and all of that so I think their bodies are a little tired but and they conditioned yesterday morning early and then we practiced in the afternoon so I was proud of them yesterday they um uh, they they practiced really well. So we don't have the full system in yet anyway, so we're still building it. Um, but I thought we've got a good base through the summer. We've been able to pick up quickly now that we've had. So we finally have all 13 here. In the summer, we did not. We had 9, 10, maybe even 8 early. Um, we haven't had everybody in practice yet. We got two that are still trying to get cleared. Um, but we have a roster of 13, so six returners, seven new ones. And so I think the biggest key for us is how can we gel – that and not have these two groups that stand alone and then make sure it's not returners versus new kids and somehow we've got to mesh this. And, and and they will because we have good kids, but that takes time.
2: Yeah, and also going with that, you brought in two of your former players from Stephen F. Austin with uh, Zion Nugent and Jordan Harrison. What can uh, Mountaineer fans expect from those two?
1: Yeah, no, good question. So Jordan was a, the freshman of the year in our league last year as a, as a point guard at Oklahoma City, um, and she's a dynamite quick, fast, playmaking, great passer. She can score when she needs to. Didn't have to a ton in high school. She was lo- had a loaded high school team and played on a loaded AAU team, and she didn't have to score a ton, but she did score 73 in a high school basketball game. So she has the ability to score, and we asked her to score a lot last year. As, as So she can be a scoring point guard, but she probably really wants to pass first, and she's a phenomenal defender, and she'll take a ton of charges. So she will, you know, she'll sacrifice for the team. It is, no, yeah. you know, so she'll, she will get after it. And then Zion Nugent played for me for three years, got hurt last year and had to sit out. She was our WAC tournament MVP the year before. This is the kid that lives for all the big moments. So she's going to, like, flex on people. She'll give you the too small. She'll take a million charges. She'll dive on the floor. Um, she is passion. This kid is as competitive as any kid that I've ever coached. And the bigger the game, the better she seems to always play and so I've just seen her do it at a high level but she's coming off the injury so she's just now kind of getting cleared she tore ACL and a few other things about a year ago at this time so she's just now starting to come back um, so it may take her a minute to get to her old self but um, yeah really talented kid too.
0: You announced a signing earlier this week with Holzer coming in now what 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 intrigued you about bringing her to Morgantown another guard on the roster but somebody like when you read her bio you're like okay this kid can play. Yeah,
1: so I at well several things. Well, there's some international experience. So she's played internationally on the on the Swiss, you know, national team. She played professionally in the semi-pro league and was like the most improved kid and sixth player in the in the pro league. Um and so she's done it against some legit competition. Now she got hurt as well, so she didn't get to play at Purdue because of an injury. Um but really honestly, it was we needed another po- ball handling point guard. Um, and so Jordan and JJ both can play the point, but I think there's going to be quite a few minutes this year where they're both going to be on the floor together and we'll play both point guards. And so we need to practice that. Well, if you're practicing that, I need somebody else to help run you know, the other team. So I'd like to have three point guards. It's like having quarterbacks, right? They're the general. You can't ever have too many of those those guys. So, um, yeah, I know is how you say her name. I know. So I, okay. I know it was available late. Now she's going to have to get a waiver to play this year. Right. Um, and so we'll work through that process. But, um, you know, if she can't, she can practice and we'll get her healthy and she can lead that group as the point guard. But that's really what came into it. Yeah.
0: Sweet. Okay. So the conference opponents were announced a little bit earlier. Uh, home and away you have Baylor, right? That's a big one. Then you have UCF, Cincinnati, Iowa State, and TCU. Baylor was swept last year in the regular season by this West Virginia team. It's not really quite a rivalry, but it's a really good benchmark team that they get to compete against in league play that you could potentially see in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Are you excited about the conference opponents? Is it kind of who you wanted to play a little bit of mix of new and old teams in the Big 12? Uh, Obviously all new to you, but Something where now with so many teams in the league, you're not going to get to play everybody twice.
1: Right. Yeah, no, interesting format with the new teams coming in, who you play twice, who you don't play twice. I mean, I don't know. I try not to get too involved in Is it a good... so to speak, you know, schedule. Is it not, I don't know how it's going to play out. You know, I haven't, I've been so focused on us. I haven't, and I've played several of the big 12 schools. And I, you know, when I was at Stephen F. Austin and so, and I do have a a pretty good feel for most of those. I do know West Virginia swept Baylor a year, you know, a year ago. Um, that's pretty important. So, um, you know, to build off of, and so we need to build off of that. I know we get Texas and OU here, I believe we don't go to them. Um, you know, so I think there's there's good opportunities. There's going to be games at home. You know, you got to take care of your home court. I will say this, though. Everybody has told me that in this league that this is by far the hardest place to win at. Okay. Yeah, that the Coliseum is the hardest place to go in and get a win. And so, you know, if you can take care of your home court and then go find way, you know, split road trips, if it's a true two-game road trip, you know, and you can find ways to split on the road, then you should find yourself right in the thick of things, you know, when you get in toward the end of February and early March, and that would be, you know, the goal for sure. So hopefully the non-conference prepares us. For you know what will be a brutal, I'm sure, Big 12 schedule. Well, that's what I was going to get to next. You
0: got Pitt and Penn State. Penn State was a game they played last year, but uh, Pitt on the road—that should be a fun one too. A little backyard brawl action and basketball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I, we honestly should probably we should play Pitt every year. I would think you know, and probably every sport. I think I don't know that that happens, but that would probably be pretty good. But this football—did I hear that right—that they haven't played Pitt here in like 10 years or yeah, something? So yeah, that's, they so that's really Pitt tr- in a long, long time. Here. Okay. So, yeah, I would uh, have assumed that was a more. Well, you yearly, know, when, when the Big battle fell
0: apart and West Virginia had to come to the Big 12, all of that stuff, and then the TV, it's too many complex things, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would say go to the blue lot that game, coach.
1: That would be the one to, that would be yeah, the that's to the be blue at. lot. Okay, yeah. so, uh, all right. You'll that, get it, duly you'll noted. Get it duly it duly noted. <laughs> yeah, that, that that will be. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm. Moment. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> um But yeah, no. So the non, yeah, we get pit or on the road at pit. Get Penn State here. Great regional, power five type games. um You know, we had to. We didn't have many games on our schedule when we got this job, and that was really late. I think we had three games on the schedule maybe when we got here in mid April. So we've we've kind of had to piece it together a little bit this year. But we go to Puerto Rico over Thanksgiving, so that will be a good trip for us. Um, There's a couple more that hopefully we can announce here pretty soon. We don't have contracts back, but we should have a couple more that we can add. Um, You know, and so yeah, I think there's a good there's a good mix in there. Probably a good place to start for us with a new coach with, you know, some games that you should definitely be favored by a significant amount to win. Others that you know you better play well to win, and then some of the Power Fives that you know flip the coin. If you play well, you win, and if you don't play well, you may not find a way to win that game.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so does it affect you at all? I guess the season's still far away, but in your kind of preparation, not knowing the schedule for Big 12 yet, you know, how you're going to maybe think about traveling and that sort of thing. I know that's a really, really tough question to probably answer, but, you know, we're about a month away or so, so you'd think that'd be coming soon. Uh, does that mean anything to you at all?
1: Well, just no. You should ask my director of operations because okay. for her, yeah, like that she's probably – frantically wishing we had it so she yeah. could get stuff built in and get the hotels and the flights and all of those types of things. So, you know, for me, no, okay. um, I think late August, early September, they said we should have the big 12 schedule. So I think we're getting a little bit closer okay. to that. Um, I mean, you kind of want to know just so you can start to, right. in your mind, lay it out and figure out road trips and swings. And here, this may be the little tough stretch for us, or here's where we really need to do some damage. Cause we're at home for a little stretch. Um, but no, again, like that's, probably would be in the back of my mind, even if I did have it, because we're just so much focused on, on you know, kind of the present and getting to that point.
0: Fair enough. Okay, so you talked about how tough it is to play at Coliseum. I just went through it. Only two conference losses at home last year. They were very, very good at home. I thought that was right, but I wanted to make sure. So, uh, yeah, Coliseum is a tough place to play. Last season, there was all kinds of attendance records set uh, in, in what was a really good regular season for this Mountaineer squad, and Uh, You know, how can you maybe take that and build that within the community and and sort of bring more people to these Mm -hmm. games?
1: Yeah well you want to build off the success that they did have a year ago you know and we don't we want to play up to that I think in women's basketball there's a lot that goes into getting fans I mean obviously you need to win I mean without question you need to have success on the court but there's also a personal connection that seems to draw fans to the women's game right some maybe the the older fans that this is the true root of basketball is played in the women's game and we play below the rim and they enjoy that but I think it's how do we get students to the game because that's kind of Starting to, you'll see across the country, we're not getting nearly as many students to basketball games in particular. Um, So how do we connect with them? And then we connect with families and develop a personal relationship? So I think there's things that you just do with the community and, you know, the building the ballers we right. call them you know okay. with the little kids um you know and so we have a little mini mountain here i think we're calling it kellogg's club um you know to get kids here and kids have to bring parents i mean that's right. kind of you know yeah. they can't come on their own you know <laughs> so they got to bring a parent or parents and so then you get them you know excited about coming and you know just developing the relationship through camps in the summer which we did you know is just be visible and be seen and let we have great kids like we have great character kids that need to be Visible, and I think the more visible you are, the more relationship-oriented. Then people get a little more excited once you produce the product that's fun to watch.
2: Yeah. So looking back at the roster a little bit, uh, you picked up over the summer. Uh, Danelle, I'm going to try a rig. A rig Babu is that? Yeah, pretty yeah, close. Somewhere yeah. in yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not so, even going to try to say it either. So yeah. I'll let you roll with that one. <laughs> yeah, six four forward down there who can play. You know, alongside Kylie Blackston. Ka- Blackston was one of the big providers of height on this. Uh, roster and, you know, Danelle coming in at six four. What does having height down there mean for you all as a team? And what's the importance of that?
1: Yeah, no, we're, we'll still be a little undersized. I mean, by the time we got here, you know, it's just hard to find post players in general. And then middle of April, May, like those were pretty much already picked over. Um, but Danelle came from a junior college and so she was a 6'4 big body that we'll be able to bang um, you know, that, you know, like ISIS Bayish, I right. guess, from a year ago, you know, that type of that type of body, um, you know, but she hadn't played at this level and been, like I said, a junior college. So she hasn't had access to all the, the weight room and the conditioning and those types of things that she's going to get here. So she got a little work in front of her, but we'll provide some of that. Um, Tears Moore is a kid that came from Oral Roberts, who averaged a double-double, who will be a little undersized, but has produced, you know, at the mid-major level. Dad played at Arkansas. I mean, it's in her genes. She actually, ironically, has a twin sister who's playing at SFA. so like twin sister goes to SFA and tears is coming here so um kind of a fun story there but you know she'll be pretty good and you know the one that's impressed me the most actually has been Tavi Diggs Mm -hmm. from where she was a year ago obviously you talked about Kylie and that's fine but Tavi Diggs is the one that looks like from what I've seen on film to what I'm watching you know every day there seems to be a big step and she averaged like nine and a half almost 10 at TCU one year and
0: she was she was a good player for this team last season and you know she's had big 12 experience came over from Texas Christian and now she's been here and She's going to be one of those fifth-year players on your team that has a lot of that experience under your belt. That's where I was going to try to get to next was who you looking for and and what do you look for in leadership on and off the court and how do you kind of, you know, uh, I guess push that in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I think we're um, we're still working on that. That's a work in progress. And there's so as you know, there's so many different ways to lead. You know, there you got the vocal leader, you got the organizational leader, you got the lead by example. I mean, and so I think we're working through that. That's some of where we've kind of challenged JJ Quinterly to be, you know, she's not the most vocal kid, right, right. but she plays hard and she'll lead by example and she's obviously a talented player. But yeah, who is it going to be? Jayla Hemingway would be one that's had ex- had experience at Mississippi State, now here. She's performed and and played well in some big time games yeah. and big time environments, so that's another kid we would rely on Kaya Watson you know who came with Dawn a year ago from South Dakota but has done some really really good stuff and so I, I like Kaya quite a bit too and so she, I think she'll have some leadership qualities and you know and so I think we're still learning it though because we don't all know each other that, right. that well yet um, and so the more comfortable we get though I think the more we'll trust each other and then some of those qualities come out
2: Yeah, and when you talk about leadership types which I I don't want to say which would you prefer but you know do you think that there's one type that wherever trying to let me get my words straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you talk about vocal leadership, organizational leadership. Is there a certain way that you lean, where you kind of prefer one over the other?
1: No, I want them all. Yeah. I think you need them all. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you need them all. Um, they have to balance each other out. You don't want everybody to think that they're a, mm-hmm. you know, a vocal leader. Now you got everybody talking over everybody. You'll never get anything done, you know. And then you need some that just lead by example. So it's really just trying to identify who those are. I mean, I have a little leadership group of players. It's like four. I have four of them that come in and will meet with me and we talk through leadership and so it's trying to identify some of those kids you know like and and teach them there's different ways to do this but who's the social like who's the social leader who's the one on the text message saying hey we're gonna go meet here tonight you know and so we have them split up in different committees like we have one that's a community service committee and then we have a campus activity one like hey there's a soccer game tonight let's all go to the soccer game like who does who sends that message like that's a type of Leadership, Right. Right. It may be one that says, hey, big game tomorrow night. Like, we can do this. We're prepared, you know, and that's their leadership style, right? That may be the vocal, and then it may just be a JJ who's not, doesn't talk enough, but we know when the ball's up, the kid's going to give you something, Mm -hmm. you know, at a pretty high level.
0: So, this year is, I think, maybe the first year that the Big 12 tournament out in Kansas City is not going to be at the same time as the men's. So last year it was, and they played at the Assembly Hall or whatever it was called. But this year it's going to be inside the T-Mobile Center, so a bigger venue, one where you're going to have a lot of fans at. You know, Commissioner Yormark, I think, has done a great job at trying to get that fan engagement up. Uh, we were there last year in Kansas City, and, I mean, Big 12 stuff was everywhere. The weather wasn't great, but they had, you know, outs- outdoor basketball courts and stuff, trying to get all these kids involved. Um, last year the tournament was a heartbreak, right? The, the final shot against Oklahoma State. Uh you know is that going to be something that you kind of use for people who have been on this team to be like let's not let that happen again I know that's really far away but you know that's an opportunity for you guys to maybe get an auto bid right to go to the NCAA tournament if that's something that you know is a goal that you guys have come up with together uh, we want to go and try to win the Big 12 tournament that's been done once before right the mm-hmm. women's program's the only basketball programs that's done that out of the big three in football men's basketball and women's basketball um, so you know that's part of that legacy and branding here but uh, something that's definitely important I
1: think yeah oh yeah no and I have seen that game I wasn't a part of it but I I have the heartache a little bit nothing like what those kids do but I've been a part of them my own you know on different teams so I think you all have those moments that you can always go back to that should motivate you in some degree right to let's not let that happen again but I, and I can't remember all, of them, but there was like three, I think, last year, because at Texas oh, yeah. Tech, right? Oh yeah. Wasn't it at tech on that yeah. crazy on the side out of time bounds, time yeah. like loose ball layup thing. <laughs> tech, right? Yeah. I see Chris back there. Yeah. And I think there was another one. I can't remember, but I felt like there was three of them last year. There's Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and maybe one more that were kind of like right. heartbreakers, like we we should find a way to win that one. Um, you know, and so yeah, I think you always you know, you use that as motivation. And, you know, we actually haven't completely set all the goals yet, so we do a team retreat here coming up in about three weeks. and okay. so we take them, and we go out of town and kind of sequester them. They don't have vehicles. And, you know, we'll do our kind of standards of expectation okay. and our team goals and, you know, really just kind of be just all it. So it's the staff and the players only, and we're just out in the middle of nowhere in a big old house with an outdoor area. And we'll play games and do some team bonding and set those goals and, and standards and expectations. Um, there. So in about three weeks, we'll come up with that. But I certainly hope that that like that better be a goal. Right. You know, but I learned this a long time ago. I can set the goals for them or the rules. Right. Right. in air quotes. But then that's like that's me giving it to them. They'll actually probably set the same ones on their own. And then they feel like they're the ones that provided that. Right. So I don't have rules. Right. We have standards of expectations now because that you gave me the standard. Now, my job is to hold you To that standard or show you that there's even another standard that you can achieve because you may win a game, but I don't think you played to the standard. Like, great, congrats, you won. But, guys, that ain't going to be good enough at some point. Here's our standard. Oh, we just won by 20. Yeah, great. Well, maybe that team wasn't very good and we didn't play very well, and so i got to hold you to a certain standard. So I think that's my job as a coach, but, you know, I used to set the rules, and this is the way it's going to be, and, you know, da-da-da-da. Now you get a little bit older and you can kind of relax and (laughs) allow them. And once I did it, I realized, like, hey, they just came up with the exact same stuff that I told them was a rule. And so right. it's been pretty good doing it that way.
0: Okay, sweet. Um, we're, we're excited to have you. We thank you for coming out. Luke, do you have anything else you want to ask about?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, you just mentioned, you know, WVU is the only Power 5 school in the state. And just want to, is your coaching philosophy, has uh, that changed overall like what's your approach going from Stephen f austin to a power five school now
1: i'm not changing until somebody gives me a reason to change so you want to be flexible right but i've had success right i think i'm the sixth winningest coach in the country right now you know division one you know and so we've done it a certain way for a long time and it's had success and you know we've played power five you know i told you we've been in the ncaa tournament we should have beat a couple of those teams we beat auburns and you know different power five schools along the way um so like, no, I know it can be done. Um, we can play this, you know, a certain way. Now, matchups always dictate it, though, too. So we'll have a base offense and a base defense, but also don't want to just be married to it that doesn't say, you know, we can't win a different way. So what our our system and style has always allowed us to do was if we need to win a game, a high-scoring game, we need to have the ability to do that. If we need to grind out a game and a low-scoring game, then we need to be able to grind it out. I think there's a lot of coaches that only have an identity on one end, right? We got to outscore you to win, or we better defend your – you know what off yeah. and have a chance well then there's going to be a night somebody scores and you can't hold them into the 50s so you're probably going to lose right or a game where you don't make shots if you're the team that scores all points you're going to lose that game and i really want to be able to win multiple ways and on a basketball season that goes over both semesters like you never know what's coming <laughs> so you better be versatile enough to find ways to win games maybe that you shouldn't or when you don't play or have your a game you think recruiting's
0: uh how different is recruiting here versus at Stephen F. Austin, right? You're recruiting in a different area of the country for sure, right? Correct. So, um, Yeah, oh, way different. Okay. Um,
1: Yeah, it, it, well, I don't know, way different. It's different. Yeah. Without question, recruiting the Power Five level is different. Um, You know, different area. I mean, that's been fun. I mean, because yeah. we can still recruit the area. Like, right, I mean, right. Because a lot of the Big 12 is where I've been, right? The right. Missouri and Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, we've got that whole, you know, kind of pipeline. We just now get to go – East, you know, Washington, D.C. is loaded with girls high school basketball. Ohio, big time girls high school basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, West Virginia Thunder is an AAU program. You know, they don't have a ton of West Virginia kids on the actual roster, but West Virginia Thunder is on the Under Armour circuit, and they're one of the top teams in the country, and they've got two of the top five recruits in the country that are in the 2025 class. So, you know, the difference, though, is, yeah, now I'm talking to the top 15 kids in the country, you know, ranked kids. You know, at SFA, you're not talking to any ranked kid for the most part. In the country, you know, and so how you maneuver that and you got to deal with a few more people, you know, you kind of, you got to deal with that a little bit, but is, um, is that exciting? Yeah, no, it's so yeah, it's yeah. great. You're getting, you know, you want to coach the best kids and the best athletes. And that's why you came, you know, it's why I came to this level, right? Is I want to go coach those and put those kids in the position to have success. Yes. Yeah.
0: So on our morning show this morning, we got beat the clock here at U92. And we were talking about you. And it, we said, you know, it's not often you get a hire the sixth winningest coach in, in any sport for that matter, that they're available to come in and bring to your program. Um, so I, I think that us here, we're definitely excited to have you on campus. And I think the students are as well. Uh, I Think that Ren Baker uh, did a good job. I'm very excited to see what happens. I'm ready to go for this season, Coach.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, Ren Baker's the guy too. Like I don't know if you've got to spend much time with him, but I think he's a. He hired me once before. You've probably heard that story too, you know. So we weren't. We're only together about six months, and he left though, and then I I left shortly after he did. But you know, we hadn't seen each other since the day he left that campus in 2012 or 13. But had stayed in touch a little bit and then ran into each other, obviously, when I interviewed in Dallas. But, um, no, I'm a fan of Ren Baker, and I think he does a great job running the athletic department. I think West Virginia's pretty lucky to have that guy in charge.
0: Yeah, we do too. All right, anything else you want to add, Coach?
1: No, 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 no. You guys were great. All right,
0: sweet. Thank you so much for coming on. We really do appreciate it. It's been Coach Mark Kellogg here on the Mountaineer Sports Insider. Hello, welcome back to the MSI program here today. We talked to Coach Kellogg, the new head coach at West Virginia's women's basketball program. And Luke, I think he said a lot of good things during that, Mm, don't you?
2: Absolutely, yeah. That was a great interview. Really, you know, he knows what he's talking about. And I think Ren Baker got a good one.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Fun, fun conversation there with Coach Kellogg. We're looking forward to the basketball season. Again, you can catch every single home game here on U92 with some select away games coming up as well. Lots of fun here. uh, But again, conversation with Mark Kellogg. We appreciate you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fairbanks2WVU. Luke and I are getting that going again, if Luke ever actually does anything. But you know, that's how it is. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. But we appreciate the listen. Make sure you tune in for this week's standard edition of the Mountaineer Sports Insider.